I'm calling this today, Forgetting What Lies Behind. Now, I want you to say with me, forget about it. Now, that's what we're going to see God says in the Word of God today. Philippians 3, and verse starting at verse 8, um, and let's read. Yet, this is Paul giving a testimony. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, read this with me. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Everybody can amen that. Say amen. Amen. Now he says, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attend to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but now I want you to read this next part with me out loud like you're the one preaching. Are you ready? Because here's where I'm going today. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Wow. Everybody say, he laid hold of me. If he hadn't, you wouldn't be here today. He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, now read the next part with me, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, well, that's good stuff right there. That is good stuff. Now let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. I know you've got a word for us this new year. There is a word that's going to carry us, a word that is going to uphold us, a word that is going to strengthen our souls and brighten our vision and illumine our path. And I pray, Lord, speak to us today. I give myself to you. Help me to communicate this effectively. And Lord, give everyone listening and all of our precious friends watching on streaming video, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are saying to the church for this new year. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to say with me, I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, forget about it. Forget about it. Amen. Now in these powerful passages, the Apostle Paul is rehearsing all of his past accomplishments. And boy, he had some. He was a major achiever. Paul the Apostle was a major type A achiever. He was a go-getter. He was motivated to conquer and to perfect and to be the best that he could be. He was the best of the best. As a matter of fact, he tells us that there, there wasn't a better Pharisee than himself. He was the best of the best. Sterling example of what a good Pharisee should be. Uh, but then he met Jesus. He was religious and then he met Jesus. He had religion down, and then he met Jesus. And having met Christ, he's telling us that he chose to give up all the accomplishments of the past and counted them rubbish in comparison with what he had found in Christ. 
He said, everything I did in my own effort back there, to me, it's rubbish compared to what I have found when I put faith in Jesus. Then toward the end of our text, he gives us the key to unhindered pursuit of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm after today. I want us all to be in pursuit of Jesus, unhindered, unencumbered. I mean, giving everything we've got in 2017 to pressing in to Jesus Christ for his very best and his very highest for you and me. I I want us to, to reach for it. And I want us to do it unhindered. Now, I believe there's a word here in this text for all of us. And I want to deal with him one point at a time because he said a mouthful, that's for sure. One point at a time. Here's the first thing I see. He said, if you're going to pursue Jesus unencumbered, you must be willing to lose to find. You've ever noticed that the laws of the kingdom of God are paradoxical? They, they, are, they, are, they don't make sense to the natural mind. They're paradoxical. They're very, very different from the principles that people that live in the world and for the world live by. I'll give you some example. In kingdom living, we must die to self in order to live. We must lose some things in order to gain. We must let go in order to lay hold. Paradoxical. The kingdom of God is paradoxical. If I want to receive, I give. I don't keep, but I give. As followers of Jesus Christ, Paul is letting us know in these verses that we are to keep a loose grip on the things of this world. We're not to hold on to them tight. How many of you have noticed in 2016 the things of this world can be taken from you? Often are the times that we must lay something down in order to pick something better up. When I lived in East Texas, I had some friends that had this beautiful uh, dog. And this dog loved chasing Frisbees. How many of you have ever had a dog that loved going after Frisbees? And I, and I love throwing them. I'm a Frisbee guy. I love Frisbees. Now, I, I got out there one day, and I had an old Frisbee that I had thrown to this dog over and over again. What I would do, I'd throw it far, and he would run. This beautiful dog, poetry in motion. He would run and grab the Frisbee before it hit the ground and come back like, uh-huh and was spitted at my feet and look up at me like, there you go. You cannot throw it too far for me. One day I had an idea. What will he do if I throw it and he catches it and he's running back and I throw another one? Because see, his big moment was dropping it at my feet like as if to say, "Uh uh-huh, I told you I would get it. And so I threw it and I had a brand new bright red, beautiful Frisbee. Not like the old one. The old one was chewed up, beat up. He got caught it many, many times. So I threw the old one. He chases it down, grabs it in his mouth. He's about a quarter of the way back, and I threw the second one. He went cross-eyed. <laughs> he looked at the one that was coming towards him, and then he looked down at his own, and I could see his dog brain working. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And you know what he did? Poof! He spit out the old one and grabbed the new one. And when I saw that, God spoke to me and said, he's got more sense than a lot of believers. (laughs) 
because that dog had enough sense to spit out the old in order to grab the new. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm feeling preach come on me already. I'm going somewhere with this. See, Paul was like that dog. Paul was like that dog. He said he, he had the old law, the old testament, the old way, the old sacrifices, all that he had been raised knowing and understanding. But when he saw the new Frisbee, his name was Jesus. Man, he quick spit out that old, and he said, that's nothing but rubbish because I'm going to grab the new. Some of you today are holding on to old Frisbees. I'm going to preach them out of your mouth. I'm going to preach them out of your mouth. Now, what Paul lost was the futility of trying to please God with his own good deeds. That's what he lost. The futility, the frustration, the never-ending failure of trying to please God with your own good deeds because we can't keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. Only one man has ever done it. His name was Christ. And what he found in Christ was righteousness by faith. When he saw that, he spit out the old so that he could grab hold of the new. So this new year, I want us to resolve. Now, listen to this statement. I wrote this down. I believe God gave it to me. Let's resolve to lose what we must in order to gain what we cannot lose. Anything you do for Jesus, you cannot lose it. Anything you gain in him, you cannot lose it. Let all that you do be done to the glory of the Lord, for it is from the Lord that we shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for we, reser- we, we serve the Lord Christ. What's done for Christ will last, the song says. So let's do that. Lose what we must. What is it that's in your mouth? What is it that you've been holding on to? What is the old Frisbee for you? Be willing to let it go. Be willing to let it go. Be willing to let it go. I'll give you another illustration. It just popped into my head. Do you know that in Africa, there is a type of monkey that the natives want to catch, and I hate to say it, but eat. Now, they, they, this monkey, they're smart, and, and the natives figured out there's only one way we can catch them. We will, we will hollow out a gourd, and we will fill the gourd with things the monkey likes. And they found that if they made the hole just the right size, the monkey could get his hand in there to grab hold of what he wanted, but he had to let go in order to bring his hand back out. And they realized that when they walk up on the monkey, he was not willing to let go of what he had in order to get free, so he's captured. So you either got an old Frisbee in your mouth or you got something in your hand you won't let go of. And what you don't understand is in letting go is your freedom and letting go is your liberty and letting go is your blessing and letting go is a new day, a new opportunity, a new hour, a new door. Now, the second thing I see in our text is that we were saved on purpose for a purpose. You were saved on purpose. Now, here's a revelation for a lot of believers. You weren't just saved for heaven. You were saved for something here and now on earth. There is a purpose. You were saved on purpose for a purpose. God had a purpose in mind for you. 
He had something in his mind for you. He has something in mind for all of us corporately as a church body, but he also has an individual purpose, an individual destiny for every person in this room. And, I, and, I, and it's my calling to convince you of that. Paul said, I've given my life. Listen to this. And I've lost it all so that I might lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of me. I want you to say with me, everybody's got of that. Now I'm going to say it again. Listen to this. I've given my life. I've laid it all down on the altar so that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. The that is what he had in his mind for you when he laid hold of you. That. That. And my that and your that are different. But we've all got a that. We've got a corporate that. We're to show forth his glory. We're to reach people. We're to spread the word of God. We're to lift up Jesus. But we also have an individual that. I have laid it all down. I've given everything up. I've put everything behind me. I've let go of everything I must so that I am free to lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. Now, the words here are so powerful. The phrase laid hold. You got to get what this is. It's so strong. Listen to what Jesus did. That phrase, laid hold, comes from one Greek word, and it means this, to overtake, to arrest, to capture, to seize something in a forceful manner and make it one's own. Paul said, Jesus seized me. He captured me. He made me his own. I'm no longer my own, said Paul. Read his writings. Read what he wrote. I'm no longer my own. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I live for him, die for him, serve him. I'm at his beck and call. He is my life. I can't wait to get to heaven to be with him. He's my heartbeat. He's my love. He's my romancer. I'm in love with him. But the only reason I'm in love with him is because he laid hold of me first. And we got to get that today. You would not be saved if he hadn't first come to you, if he hadn't first approached you, if he hadn't first drawn near to you. I got news for some of you. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. Listen to what Jesus said. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. You know, we go out after we get saved. We say, yesterday I found the Lord. You ought to say, yesterday the Lord found me. You were in that pit of sin. You were in that darkness. You were in that despair. And he came and he found you. He said, I, I chose you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So there's the that. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Why? For this reason, that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. That is that. That's the that. You didn't first come to Jesus. Jesus first came to you. John said, we love him because he first loved us. If you're his today, it is solely by his amazing grace and tender mercies. Jesus found you and laid hold of you, convicted you of sin. He arrested you with Holy Ghost conviction over your sins. He captured you with his love. He forcefully snatched you out of the devil's grasp and he made you his very own. 
Paul says he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son who he loves. You know, in any rescue, the rescuee is helpless or he doesn't need to be rescued. If you are in need of rescue, then you need a rescuer to rescue you, the rescuee. Because the rescuee, you can't rescue yourself. When we got saved, we were the rescuee saved by the rescuer because we could not rescue ourselves. I can't believe I just said all that. I'm working it. I'm working it. I want you to understand. You were doomed. You were hellbound. It was over for you if the rescuer had not rescued you. And what did he do? He, he, he rescued you out of the dominion and the rule and the grip and the tyranny of the devil. And he brought you into the kingdom of God's dear son. So say with me, I've been rescued. And you know what? At this very moment, Jesus is extending his great hand and laying it upon the shoulders of the entire world. He laid hold of us. He laid hold of me in jail. He laid hold of you. You know where you were. If you're saved, you can remember the place and the moment when Jesus' hand came and laid itself on you and talked to you and wooed you and drew you to himself. Now I got a question for you. Right now, the whole world is being called by him. It's not his will that any would perish, but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. And what is he doing? He's extending his hand to the whole world. I'm finding that people are ready to be saved everywhere I go. He's laying his hand on you. And some of you watching right now in here and by streaming video who will hear this on radio, listen, there is a voice talking to you within my voice. It's not my voice. There's a voice in my voice. And he's laying hold of you right now with conviction and with love. He's talking to you and you know the voice. I knew the voice. My sheep know my voice. When he comes to you with conviction, you know that it's the voice of the spirit. And he says, now is the day. Now is the time. This is the hour. I'm calling you. I'm beckoning you. I'm giving you the chance to turn now. And now that he's laid his hand on you, and he's been doing it a while with some of you, have you yielded? Or have you resisted when you were laid hold of? Leave me alone, you say to God. Have you tried to get away? Did you plant your feet and say, I will not be drawn? I'm not budging? Or have you neglected the pressure? That's why it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? When the Spirit speaks, it is for that moment, that hour, that, that time, it's your time. It's a divine visit. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And I will fellowship with him and relate to him and have relationship with him and he with me. So Paul is saying, he laid his hand on me. But then I said, Paul's first words were, what do you want me to do, Lord? What have you done with that call, with that knock? What have you done with it? 
wouldn't you like to start the new year knowing that you've yielded to him and, and that you are his and he is yours and you're starting the new year walking with Jesus Christ? Wouldn't you like to know that? Full bore, all in. Paul says, if you have yielded, then let me tell you what to do next. If you have said, Lord, I'm your, what do you want me to do? He says, let me tell you what you do next. He informs us that Jesus' hand was laid upon us for a purpose, and the purpose, catch this now, is not fulfilled only by the hand being laid upon you. He makes the first move, but unless you in turn put out your hand, And say, it is my resolve to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me. You can miss your purpose. You can miss your purpose. I'm not saying you'll miss heaven, but you can miss your purpose. Because you see, he laid his hand on you. And we we say, well, I got fire insurance. Now I can go live the way that I want because now I'm saved. No, no. Now that you're saved, you're no longer your own. And, And what is the that he's got over your life? And and, and Paul said, he laid hold of me, and now it's my resolve to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me. The that he had in mind when he came into my life. And that's the word that jumped out at me for the year of 2017. Listen to Paul. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. He said, I was saved on purpose for a purpose, and I want that purpose. And we know that he reached it, because at the end of his life, he said, I finished my fight. I finished the course. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. I finished. So we know that he, he laid hold of that. He fulfilled that. And he said, I finished what he gave me. Jesus said the same thing, it is finished. The that he came into the world for was to die for the sins of the world. And that was accomplished. You say, well, Jeff, I don't know what my that is. Let me give you some of your that's. You ready? You're called to live for him, to serve him, to bear spiritual fruit, both personally and to help produce it in other people. I'm going to say that last part again. You're not just called to produce fruit in yourself. You're called to help produce it in the lives of other people. See, you are supposed to be contagious. I'm contagious. I cannot help it. Anywhere I go, I tell people, nine times out of ten, I come out with it immediately. As I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, I serve the Lord, because I want to put it right up front at the very beginning because I know that I'm called to be contagious. See, I'm carrying not a disease, but I'm carrying a blessing. And the blessing is Jesus in me, the hope of glory. I'm carrying that blessing. I'm carrying it everywhere that I go. And so I'm supposed to spread it. Jesus said, don't you let me light you like a candle and then you go put it under a covering? You're supposed to shine. Everything else is coming out of the closet. Why don't you? Come out of the closet, Christian. Come out of the closet. Come out. Where are you? First Peter 4.10. God has given each of you 
a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Each of you in the Greek means every one of you. He's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well, says Peter, to serve one another. So we're supposed to not only bear spiritual fruit ourselves, but there's some fruit you're never going to bring forth unless you bring forth fruit in others. That's where the real blessing is. People have said to me, how in the world have you stood up and preached after losing Kathy? Well, you know what? I learned a long time ago that giving heals. I'm going to say that again. Giving heals. Some of you live in a cave. You live depressed. You live in a circle of misery. Sometimes you just need to break out of that circle, come out of your cave and get out there and help somebody. Reach out, call somebody. There is a that for which Jesus laid hold of you and we should all press on to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of us. Amen. Now then Paul gives us the key, the key to an unhindered pursuit of our purpose. He said, you're going to have to forget the past. You're going to have to forget the past. He said, forgetting. Now here's a man who had killed Christians. Here's a man who had torn families apart in the name of his God. Here's a man who had stood there while Stephen was martyred by being stoned to death and he was consenting to it. Here's a man who was the terror of the early church. The name of Saul struck fear in the hearts of God's people in the embryonic early church. He was, he was hell on wheels. He was a major persecutor. He shed blood. He murdered in the name of, Christ, of God, Jehovah. This is the one who's saying, forgetting what lies behind. I know the devil. Don't you know the devil came to him and said, who are you to preach? Who are you to preach? You, you killed Christians, you hypocrite. Who are you to go fellowship with them? You killed them. You're a murderer. You're a shedder of blood. I know how the devil works. Don't you know the devil tried to get on his shoulder and, and speak into his ear and tell him, give it up. It's not you. Who are you? And, and much less call yourself an apostle. You've got to be kidding me. The only way he could do it was by being a humongous believer in the efficacy of the blood that there is no sin, the blood can't wash away. Some of you have said to yourself, well, I can't come to him. He doesn't know what, what I've done. If, if, if God knew, God already knows everything that you've done. Well, in light of what I've done, he can't forgive me. Listen, you didn't do what Paul's done. You didn't do what Paul did. You haven't killed Christians. You haven't blasphemed. He said later, I blasphemed that holy name. You haven't blasphemed. And yet he was forgiven. He was forgiven. He said, forgetting what lies behind, reaching for what lies ahead. Now notice that in order to lay hold of that for which we were laid hold of, we must let go of the past. Now let me tell you what that includes. That includes successes and that includes failures, good times and bad, offenses and hurts, 
letdowns and disillusionments, betrayals and heartaches, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You got to let it go. Some people feel like their past was so successful, God can never match it. So they live in the past. Some people feel like they've done so many bad things, God can never forgive it, for they, so they live in the past. They're going down the highway of salvation, looking in the rear view mirror, driving in the rear view mirror instead of through the windshield. They're living in regret. They're living in pain. They're living in hurt. They have said to themselves, I can't get over this, around it, or under it, or by it. But you can. He said, let go. He said, forgetting, forgetting. Now, that Greek word is interesting because it means a choice to lay something aside. A choice to lay something aside. Remember that dog? He got one look of that brand new Frisbee. And he said, what I've been holding on to all this time is not worth keeping. And he grabbed the new came marching up to me with that new Frisbee. Uh Uh-huh. I'm smart. Now, let me tell you what he's not saying, because some of you are going, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. Forget about it. But he's not telling us to act like yesterday didn't happen. He's not telling us to live in unhealthy denial. He's not telling us any of that. Here's what he's saying. Don't live there. Don't dwell in the past. The past is the past because it's past. It's past. It's past. What you did, you can't undo. What you went through, you can't ungo through. There's certain things you can't un. Okay? So, I am, I'm preaching it. I'm feeling pretty good. No, I think this is, this is what we've got to lay hold of. If we don't do this, then 2017 is going to be a repeat of 2016. I'm not going to live in 2016 or 15 or 14 because that's gone. Instead of letting yesterday affect all of your tomorrows, lay yesterday down so you can reach for what lies ahead. Because I have one last word I'm going to show you. Reaching. He said, forgetting, choosing to lay something aside and neglect it. That's the idea. You lay it aside and you neglect it. If you feed the past, it grows. But you neglect it. You just forget. You choose to neglect it. I'm not going to nurse it. I'm not going to rehearse it. I'm not going to disperse it. I'm letting it go. That's what, 20, that's what New Year is all about, letting the old go and grabbing that new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Now it shall spring forth. I will make a way in the wilderness, a road in the desert. I'll give you springs of water in the desert. I'm going to do a new thing. Shall you not spot it, recognize it, know it? Amen. Reaching means straining. The idea, it's a strong word. It means you're having to press, push, strain, fight, struggle, reaching. And the whole idea is if you're hindered, 
by something back there, you cannot effectively strain to reach what's ahead. Because it's going to take everything to strain and reach what God has for you and for me. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violence take it by force. Straining, fighting, reaching, pressing. I fought a good fight. So the watchword for 2017, can we stand together? I want you to say this with me is, one, be willing to lose in order to gain. Two, lay down the past to reach for the future. Third, lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of us. Now, can you walk with that in 2017? If we'll do that, we're going to rock this world with Jesus. We're going to rock this world. I don't know about you, but I want to do that very thing. I want to rock this world for Jesus. I want to make Jesus famous. He's too vilified in our culture. I'm sick of it. He's a good, gracious, wonderful, loving, powerful, delivering, saving Savior. So I want to make him famous. Now, in your bulletin, I gave you a prayer. Do you, do you have it? It's in the bulletin. I want you to grab it. And I, do we have it up here also, guys? Do we have it on the, Tyler? Do we have it on the video? Oh, there it is. Okay. Now, um, I didn't see it back there. There's nothing back there. So um, we're going to pray this. Now, this is the prayer, and I hope you make it a refrigerator sticker. They made it real pretty so that you can take it home because for me, this prayer rocks. This prayer digs its cleats in and runs. I like it. And it's in line with what I share. So we're going to pray it together right now, and we're going to pray it many times this year. So let's do it. Can you just lift your hands towards the Father and just let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, it's time for me to forget the past, forget the mistakes, and focus on what you're doing in my life today. I know you're doing a new thing. Now let's say that again because some of you are starting to know it. Ready? I know you're doing a new thing. You're placing the right people in my life and removing the wrong ones. You're closing old doors and preparing me for new opportunities. The pruning process can be uncomfortable and painful, but I know it's for my good. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, can we bow for just a moment of prayer? And let me just talk very personally to two types of people. First of all, I love you. I'm not here uh, behind a pulpit to point a finger at you or to judge you or to condemn you. Not in any way. I was saved in jail. How can I do that? But listen carefully. Some of you used to walk with God. 
But maybe it came up to a time when you had to let go of something like that old Frisbee and you just found that you couldn't let go. And it was a fork in the road and not letting go brought about some drifting from where you used to walk with God. It could be a grudge. It could be a hurt, an offense, a habit, something. In in the love of Jesus, I tell you today, his grace is here to help you to let go. And some of you have a question mark about whether or not you've ever been saved. Has he ever come into your heart? Have you ever said, Jesus, forgive me, and he just came in, and you know, you can point back to the moment. And if you can't, then it might be that you need to accept him into your heart and turn to him by faith and let go of your old life, let go of the old ways, let go of the old things. And look at that beautiful person God has thrown your way, sent your way. His name is Jesus. You just need to say, Lord, forgive me. And when you do that, you're putting down the old Frisbee and you're able to receive the new. Now I'm going to pray two prayers. So let's bow together. If you've drifted, I want you to say, Lord, forgive me for letting anything come between you and me. I lay it down. I lay it down. Jesus, forgive me because of your blood. And I give myself totally to that for which you laid hold of me. And now, if there's a question mark about your walk, about your salvation, pray this with me. Say, Lord, you can do it. I don't care if you haven't prayed in years, you can pray this right now. He's going to help you do it. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe that you're my savior and that you died for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Come into my heart, Jesus, and change me. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Now with your heads bowed, you say, Jeff, I prayed one of those two prayers with you. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Raise your hand high all over this place. Many people. I want you to do something. I'm going I'm to lead you in a step of faith. And it's a great step of faith. If you raise your hand, I want you to come down this way right now. I want to pray with you right down here. Can you just slip out and come? Why do I need to come down there? Because anybody that Jesus ever called, he called them publicly. And we've all been there. I did it in jail in front of a bunch of peers who made fun of me, but I did it anyway. So if you raise your hand, I want you to come. It's a step of faith. It's a walk of faith. It's saying I meant business when I prayed and I want you to come. Come on now. And I'm going to wait on you from all over this place. Come on. (laughs) Come on. I'm going to wait on you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Because God loves you. 
I did it in jail when I was 16 years old, and it's what got me up behind this pulpit. He changed my life. Nothing you've done is too bad for the blood to forgive. And you are not impossible. For nothing is impossible with God. He can change even you. Anyone else? I'm just going to wait. I see God touching people down here. I wish you could see what I see. But I want to pray a prayer with you. Let me ask, those of you that are down here, how many of you are here visiting today for the first time? You're not members of this church. Here? Okay. Amen. Good. So I love, this is the highlight of the service for me because this is when Jesus changes hearts. Amen. Come on, dear. And I'm going to pray with you. And then this guy right here, his name is Robert, and a couple of our other folks want to take you into our prayer room for just a couple of minutes and give you something that I've written for you that I want you to take home and pray with you again if you need it. But I, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for these precious people that you have touched today. And Lord, I don't know their lives. I don't know what's preceded their life up to this moment, but you do. And I pray, strengthen them. If they need to break free of things that are dragging them down, thank you for the grace to set them free. Thank you, Lord, for bringing a radical U-turn right now into their lives. I praise you for it. Thank you for it. Seal this decision with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen.